This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
All right, we are rolling, and I'm here with my good friend Ben Holt. How's it going today, brother? Great, brother. How are you? Doing good. Glad to have you, man. It's been an awesome time getting to know you. Uh, just for the listeners, we, uh, we were introduced uh, from my good friend Savage, uh, also known as Donnie, and you actually live kind of near him in that Louisiana swamp area. Um, <laughs> how did you? How did you meet Savage? Yeah, me and Donnie go way back. I uh, I met Donnie through <clears throat> an ex girlfriend who's now a friend, and <clears throat> I remember the first time going over to Donnie's house, and uh, we were. <laughs> it, it, this was back in the day. You know, we live in Louisiana. Uh, he lives in Mississippi now, but we we lived in Louisiana at the time, and he, we came in, and he was like, "All right." we're going to go get some wood ducks. And so <laughs> the, the mission was to go, uh, go get some wood ducks to, to shoot them and eat them for dinner. It was duck season. Wow. He was like super adamant about it. <clears throat> and he was telling me we didn't get the wood ducks, but then he was showing me his, his, his operation with, uh, atomics and telling me about his journey. And I was just totally blown away by this guy. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another and he, he, he ended up introducing me to a lot of things. Um, and, we've had a really really awesome friendship really inspiring friendship since then that's awesome yeah Yeah. he's a great guy and um one of my most downloaded episodes so people really like what he has to say um he's got some wild stories absolutely Um, but then after we were introduced via the social media um from donnie we ended up meeting in san antonio as you were Mm kind of traveling through texas you, you kind of do a lot of stuff. Um, it seems like you're holding all kind of workshops, but you're also a musician um, and a breathwork uh, practitioner and facilitator. There's so much stuff that you're doing, um, but I, I want to dive into that. But I would like to just learn how did this all begin? You know, like what got you into this type of work? Because it's a very kind of, mm. you know, niche thing to be into with all this healing breath work facilitation stuff um how old were you when all of this stuff started to come to your awareness and and you began getting interested in this like holistic lifestyle yeah um gosh i feel like it's been dozens of lifetimes <laughs> since mm-hmm. then but it's only really been you know uh a little more than half a decade I'd say that around 2016, I started really connecting with manifestation and doing these really powerful meditations and exploring the deeper, the deeper sides of myself, you know, asking deeper questions, um, looking for something more than just what I was experiencing in my everyday environment, which in Louisiana was, you know, the pinnacle of success, the pinnacle of self-actualization was, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, and that was it. So there wasn't much to go off of. And so it led me to researching, um, and this information on the internet and learning about, you know, the secret, which is, has been a very powerful initiation tool for so many um, and learning about the secret, learning about manifestation and really how it works and how we can practically apply it in our lives. And I started doing that when I was 20 and I, I was working for an MLM at, at the time and uh, many people would call a pyramid scheme, but the products were amazing. I really loved the product. So I really believed in it. 
and I ended up doing well enough to um, get the BMW, right? Some some have a Mercedes, some have a BMW. Sure. And I I remember manifesting just every day, visualizing, connecting with this vision of this car because for me it wasn't just a car; it was a testament yeah. to my abilities to create the life of my dreams, my ability to create a life of abundance and success at a young age, because where I'm from, you know, uh, central Louisiana, it's, it's very grim. You know, most people are, are not thriving. Let's mm-hmm. just say that mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, crystal meth and, um, a lot of imprisonment really. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, with the private prisons in Louisiana. So it was just a really rough environment. So right. to have this BMW would have been this, this, this great testament to me breaking out of that, that traditional, uh, traditional experience that so many people were having where I'm from. And so I remember just visualizing and connecting with this vision of this car. And one day I had reached the point to where I built this awesome team and reached the point to where I could get the car. And I remember going to the finding one BMW and all of the, the, the entire town that I lived in. And I went to the dealership and it was the exact car that I had been visualizing and connecting with. And so at that moment I realized, Oh, this is real. You know, we have those God winks that remind us that what you're doing is right. What you're doing, it's valid and it's truth. So from there, I, I continued that process. I uh, ended up losing the car, you know, and going back to taking a few steps back as we typically do, and then a few more forward, mm-hmm. and continuing to connect with meditation. And then, what really opened the doors for me, my doors of perception, were psychedelics. Yeah, I know this is a common story for many, you, yourself being included. Absolutely. And the psychedelics really helped me to have that bird's eye view, have that third person perspective of my life to see where I was messing up and where I was doing the right thing and how I could improve. And, you know, I was receiving this incredible amount of coaching and therapy in these 20, 30 minute experiences. And then sometimes with LSD and mushrooms, these six to 12 hour experiences. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me to dial in everything that I was aspiring toward. It really helped me to understand myself on this deeper level. So that led to me playing a lot of music, uh, being very integrated into the music scene there in Lafayette, Louisiana, where I was going to school. And then the combination of music and psychedelics together was this grand symphony of just continuous creative expression and and discovery and development of myself, but also through music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this beautiful, beautiful journey that I was on for a couple of years at the time with the music and psychedelics. And that, that two-year period really opened up everything for me. It kind of just removed all of the veil for me to see that anything is possible and that anything is accomplishable. Right, And it really allowed for me to settle with my past uh, experiences in central Louisiana. Mm -hmm. From there, many things happened and I got this awesome job with a startup 
and worked mm-hmm. for someone else for about a year and, and finally made some decent money, which was very hard to do where I'm from. And yeah, if you're not in the oil field or work at a plant, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have this job at the startup was a, a complete anomaly experience. <clears throat> a lot of people were wanted what I had, you know, and sure. it was it was an interesting thing to have the sweetest deal around possible, mm-hmm. but also be experiencing a, a big lack in the area of fulfillment and, and mm-hmm. feeling good about my life and feeling happy and feeling successful. And my question was, what am I lacking? You know, mm-hmm. what am I lacking? What's not there for me to love? I have a great job. I make good money. I'm, I have freedom of uh, financial freedom and freedom to kind of do whatever I want. And it wasn't until 2017 when I I did ayahuasca in Costa Rica Mm -hmm. that I realized that I was never going to find fulfillment through the outside world. I was never going to find fulfillment outside of myself. I had this journey that was just absolutely ridiculous. I've drinking ayahuasca many times, but this journey in particular was about 12, 14 hours Mm -hmm. in total. And it brought me through every experience in my life as a manifestation of different parts of the universe. So there was a a literal extraterrestrial being, multidimensional being bringing me to these different areas. And they were all different experiences I had had in my life. Right. Right. Showing me, you know, this is, this was the experience that you had, and this is how it's affecting you at this time in your life. And so it was extremely eye-opening. And from that day forward, I decided that I, 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 I genuinely cannot work for anyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to work out. And so yeah. I have to figure out what to do on my own. Right. And that led to on my own as, in, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is creating the work for themselves and others instead of receiving it from someone else. Absolutely. And that led to <clears throat> a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors, which eventually led to me being in Colombia. And at the time I was in Colombia, the country, and working on starting a media company, which I was very passionate about. I loved making films. I loved making promotional videos. I loved being behind the lens. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful experience in my life. And for three months I was there. And I came back for a wedding in the United States. One of my very good friends was getting uh, getting married and I was in the wedding. And so as I was back in the United States, I did the wedding. And for some reason, I knew that I had to stay there and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I was with my brother, Jason Bodwin, which many of the people listening to this might know him as mm-hmm. Jaybird, Spirit Flavor, Spirit and Flavor. He's an mm-hmm. amazing, amazing human being, incredible artist. And he was my roommate before then, dear friend of mine. And he mentioned to me, well, you should maybe go to New York and do Bufo with, with John. And then mm-hmm. my question was, who's John? What's Bufo? And then next <laughs> thing I know, I bought a ticket. Yeah. So whenever I got to New York, I, uh, <laughs> for the first few days I was there, I filmed around New York. I had a new camera. I had the GH5 and it was awesome, mm-hmm. you know, just <laughs> having this incredible new toy to play with. And by day four, I was just totally New Yorked, what I like to call it, totally. because, you know, it's so stressful there. And so 
I, I ended up getting a meditation on the way to the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Just to level my head because I was just totally flustered going from one ho- hostel to another. Mm-hmm. And got there, met John, this big, burly, beautiful man, incredible guy. <laughs> and he invited me in and I had the experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the time it was the most transformational, transcendental, expansive experience that I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And my takeaway at the moment was, I believe that if your consciousness can go that far out and then come back into the body, then anything is possible. Right. Little did I know that that wasn't even scratching the surface for my experience in a whole. So I got back, uh, I came back south. I went to Austin for five days, funny Mm -hmm. enough, Mm -hmm. and I was on Lake Austin. We were just playing music and relaxing on the lake with my buddy at their lake house. And that morning, as I was sitting on a dock with my feet in the water, I felt I was meditating and I had my bandana over my eyes and I felt this electric shock go through my body just Mm -hmm. instantaneously. And I pulled up the bandana and and the water and the sky and the, the trees were all all I could see was the geometry behind them, Mm. the makeup, the geometric makeup behind them. Mm -hmm. I had this very interesting kind of supersonic hearing at the time. I had this almost 360 degree vision and then the bliss and ecstasy set in through my body. And I felt this incredible ecstatic bliss. Like, you know, I've done MDMA. We do MDMA therapy and Mm -hmm. it was like, MDMA times a million in my soul. Mm. You know, I, it's it's impossible to explain, but I felt it for hours, and I just sat in stillness for hours, so okay. immersed in the experience while also observing myself having the experience. Wow, like something I had never experienced before, not even close, and and honestly, I've never experienced it after. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I connected energetically with. Um, these ascended masters, these deities, um, such as Ganesha and Krishna, Buddha and Jesus, mm-hmm. and primarily Jesus, who came in very strong, who, you know, I had a very kind of toxic relationship sure, with sure. before due to the, the very Bible Belt-esque-ness of where I'm from. Right. And I just connected with him and, and felt this, this brotherhood, this, this connection, this deep love. Mm. And I remember telling him, man, you're so misunderstood. You're so misunderstood. And he said, welcome to the club. <laughs> I said, now you know, time to get to work. And from there, I knew that I had to go back to New York. It was so scary because mm-hmm. it was so unknown and so terrifying. I knew I had to go back to New York, learn more about this medicine, learn how to facilitate it. And then I ended up becoming uh, John Edgar's first apprentice at that time. And now we know John, who's who's kind of just the the bufo cowboy. He has served many many people and helped mm-hmm. people to transform their lives in a really powerful way. His his purpose is to spread the medicine. Mm-hmm. And at the time, nobody knew what bufo was. Um, nobody. And now it's mm-hmm. you know very popular <clears throat> entheogen. And so that started my journey of going and sharing the medicine as much as I could being mm-hmm. this, you know, missionary, if you will, mm-hmm. of love because all I wanted, all I desired, the only desire I had was to be simply to be yeah. and to share the experience that I had had the awakening mm-hmm. experience 
because I was taught my entire childhood, my entire life, that you have to die and be born again to come into the kingdom of heaven. And that you have to ask Jesus into your heart, right? This very metaphorical, very literal, I'm sorry, very literal approach Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to salvation. And whenever I had the experience, I knew that what was I was experiencing was being was dying and being born again, mm-hmm. and that I was actually experiencing salvation in those moments. Whenever I was downloaded with the truth, right, right, right. And so I, I wanted to deeply, and I did share the truth behind the scripture, right? Yeah. So that was my mission for a while, and then I saw after sometime over a year, I saw that there were holes in the shamanic approach, the shamanic community, Mm -hmm. the facilitator community, I should say. And so I had this calling to go to Asia for a year to study breath work, meditation, sound healing, and, and different modalities of healing, different modalities of embodiment, of awakening. And so I did that I had, you know, I was doing breath work, Wim Hof breath work, and I was doing meditation and whatnot before, but I wanted to immerse myself with the masters, quote unquote, for people that are listening, quote unquote. And whenever I got there, I, I saw a lot of the same, a lot of people, a lot of teachers who were not integrous. Mm. And so it taught me, it really showed me how to not be sure, sure. as a teacher. And I met amazing teachers, right? Some teachers that were totally integrous, totally aligned, and I learned some incredible things from them. But the real teaching was it has to, healing, expansion, awakening, and ultimately enlightenment, it's a multidisciplinary approach. It's multifaceted, and it, it takes a holistic approach. The plant medicine is incredible for remembrance and breaking chains of the past. But the rest of it has to come after and has to be before in order for it to be an embodied experience for us to really carry with us and really practically apply in this world. And so since then, after Asia, we've been hosting retreats um, and trainings and workshops and events to share that, to teach people how to be their own healer, Mm -hmm. to empower them and to encourage them to share this message of unconditional love right and yeah. we are we are the medicine we are the the we are divinity expressing itself through human form and we don't need anything outside of ourselves sharing that message with others and helping them to share it with the world as well so doing right. what we can to to help the ripple absolutely absolutely wow that is an amazing story um a lot comes up there um one is kind of the note you're finishing on, which is we don't need psychedelics for these deep awakenings, deep experiences. That Mm -hmm. was one thing that I was on a mission to discover as well, because um, the first awakening I had had with uh, mushrooms it seemed to last for weeks and you know, we know that the psychedelic, you know, the psilocybin's out of the system after a day, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been eliminated. Um, it's no longer active, but yet something was active, some new type of awareness, some new deeper sense of introspection of just like, 
understanding about who I am and what I'm here to do and this deep knowledge. And, and all I could really think is how do I sustain this? You know, right. how do I feed whatever this energy is to continue on, continue on. And it sounds a, a, like a similar story there. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say about the role of psychedelics in teaching us the possibility of what's there, but then using them only here and there rather than being reliant on them for some type of awakening? Yeah, that's that's an ongoing discovery for me, for sure, both in my own personal practice and in the facilitation for others. And from what I've what I've gathered is plant medicine psychedelics are there to remind us, right? Mm-hmm. So if we need a very deep remembrance of who we are, of what we're doing here, of our expansive nature, then they're wonderful. With that being said, there are many different practices for us to embody. Like now is the time to embody. I think of, in the sense of the Great Awakening, let's say around 2018, 2019, it was the warm up, and then 2020, we have the pandemic, and it's it's right there in alignment with the Great Awakening. I feel there's been many, 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 many. Even you know Kendrick Lamar and Drake are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, enlightened topics they're talking about therapy and talking about mental health and rapping about it putting in their music and so what we've seen is is this shift this paradigm shift Mm -hmm. this absolute 180 everything's been flipped on its head rappers that once rapped about you know uh women and liquor and and cars and and guns and money are now talking about mental health so we're seeing things just flipped on their head and plant medicine was an instrumental part in that. I believe that the Bufo experience in a microscopic expression is this grand death of the ego and rebirth of self. And in the macroscopic view, we've seen that kind of happen in the collective, hmm. you know? And that's where I think plant medicine, especially that medicine, 5-MeO-DMT, is so instrumental. And I see it in this this timeline of we were, we died. <laughs> we're like this old, you know, society. We died and we were mm-hmm. reborn. And mm-hmm. so here we are as babies, right, learning how to navigate the world. And now we're moving into being toddlers and we're learning how to communicate and we're having these relationships and we're learning to pick things up and learn what they are. Like, what is this breathwork thing really? What is this? yoga and meditation thing really what is it really for and what are these mushrooms for right mm-hmm. and we're learning how to embody it right as a child learns to walk they learn to run they learn to play sports they learn to play music it's an embodiment process and i believe that we're in the same exact embodiment process how can we bring the teachings from the plant medicine and sustain and maintain our our health and well-being in our mind, body, and spirit every day to where no matter what we are addressed with, we are calm, we're peaceful, and we're loving. And this is the most challenging thing to do as a human being mm-hmm. right? in our relationships, in our jobs, in our experiences in the third dimension where it's, it's quite dense here. Yeah. How can we bring fifth dimensional awareness and love into this place? And then, you know, we can go into many rabbit holes on where that will take us 
next, right. whether right. we whether we transcend out of the third dimension and into another dimension, or whether this earth becomes heaven on earth. It's very mm-hmm. biblical. It's very scriptural. I mean, there's you know both the Bible and the Law of One talk about this seven year period, mm-hmm. and it, it's right in alignment intuitively for me and many others in this timeline from 2020 to 2027. Yeah. So it's kind of this, this training ground, if you will, mm-hmm. for us to prepare for what's next. And what is next? You tell me. Artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot of potential in the future. But I think the plant medicine, coming back, circling back around, the plant medicine is a great reminder. It's the chain breaker. It can be absolutely life-changing, but I found that the most important aspect of that is the prayer, is the intention, is the set and the setting, which we all know. Everybody who's done mushrooms or LSD or any plant medicine right. knows that the set and setting is instrumental. And so that's that's how I personally use it. Mm-hmm. I like to go deep in breath work and also plant medicine. But the sonic neural breath work, the breath work that I created um, a few years ago, people are having absolutely psychedelic experiences with that breath work beyond the psychedelic experiences that they've had after a dozen ayahuasca journeys. Wow. So, and what that does, look, I love plant medicine. I love psychedelics. I love altering my consciousness. But what the breath work does is it empowers you because it's already there. It's mm-hmm. already embodied. It's intrinsic. It's it's innate. It's something we always have access to where the plant medicine psychedelics are outside of us. They're, they're you know, from the earth, but there's something that we have to put in the body. Right. The breath is already there. You and I can start breathing in a certain way right now. And within 15 minutes, we'll go into trance state and our body will automatically start to heal itself. Mm-hmm. It will do exactly whatever it needs to do to heal itself. And ultimately, that's the same thing that plant medicine provides is it brings you into this transcendental trance-like state that allows for the thinking mind to relax, the prefrontal cortex to relax, and then the body intuitively begins to do its own healing. Right. And so, they really go hand in hand. And I think that having a healthy relationship with everything in your life Mm -hmm. is the key here. Right. Yeah, what that's bringing up for me is, you know, a lot of people try plant medicine and they have this breakthrough experience um, but what they fail to do is bring some type of daily spiritual practice into their life so that they can kind of maintain that energy, keep that energy up. Rather, yeah. they just look forward to the next plant medicine experience. You know, right. it's almost like, let's say, three to five days after their experience when that effect is starting to calm down a little bit, they're already looking for when's the next one. Right. And, and I think that's okay. It depends where you are in your healing path. Everyone's different. But right. um, what is the game changer is when you're able to start inducing those states on your own for free at mm-hmm. your own will and mm-hmm. in your own time. You don't need something, you know, you don't need to, to, to go to these ceremonies um, as often. Um, at right. the beginning of your path, I think, it's normal and natural to want to go through this like discovery of more yeah. like w- what else is there because 
you know, for me, the first time I did mushrooms and then it, it actually worked, um, I was very interested in, in what was that I need to learn more. So it was like, I need to do a handful more of these experiences just to kind of learn what was happening. But Absolutely. once you get a, a hold, yeah, once you get a hold on what is happening, it's like, okay, now how can I carry this forward um, mm-hmm. on my own? And that's just like the next step. And, I, and I've in, interviewed a bunch of people that have, you know, this sense of spirituality or this sense of enlightenment. And a lot of them say the same thing, which is like psychedelics are um, almost like a, a stepping stone. And they yeah. get you from this side to that side. But at a point, you don't need to keep carrying them to continue on your journey. And for me, it's always a, a hard thing to hear because I'm over here like so fascinated with psychedelics and the states they induce, but they're always these older men that I've interviewed, you know, that, that they say, no, that's just, that's just the beginning of the path. And I'm just like, well, mm-hmm. what, like, what do you know? You know, that's why I interview them. Um, and you know, you definitely know these types of modalities as well, you know, from the breath work to the ice baths to meditation and, and all of these things. Yeah. Um, so I did just want to ask, you know, what do you think is one of the best methods daily and, and maybe even how to start your day for mm-hmm. people who are looking to integrate like this spiritual dimension into their lives? For sure. And that, that you know, that brings up a lot of inquiry for me because it's been this constant journey of how do I optimize my day fully, right? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I bring this fully into my day to day life here on earth in the third dimension during, you know, kind of a chaotic environment around mm-hmm. us. Right. <clears throat> and I just wanted to backpedal a little bit and say, you know, even McKenna said, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Right. Right. And throughout this plant medicine renaissance, which I like to call it because it really is a plant medicine renaissance, it's the eagle condor prophecy. It's the modern connection with ancient technology, ancient, um, ancient practices, ancient wisdom, primarily from South America. As this has happened, right, we're in our adolescence. We don't really know how to act. We don't really know when to hang up the phone. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. And what it does is it, it creates a lot of the times uh, a spiritual ego attachment, what I like to call it, mm-hmm. saying, oh, I do bufo every day. I'm enlightened. I understand truth. And hey, that was me too, man. I get it. I get it. Because you can absolutely feel enlightened in that space. Mm-hmm. But it's not what I discovered, which was a really... Um, disheartening discovery was that is not what we're supposed to do. It's not what we're here for. We are here to thrive in the body, feel amazing in the body, be free in mind, body, and spirit. And the psychedelics, as you said, they help us get from one side to the other. But what do we do every single day that allows us to maintain this breath of life, right? Which yogis would sit in caves for years eating grains of rice just to have this little experience that I had on that lake. Mm-hmm. And the psych- the, the 5-MeO-DMT initiated that in a single moment, mm-hmm. right? Brought me there in five days instead of 
10, 20, 30 years. Right, right. And this creates, of course, there's going to be chaos that comes with this, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's going to be disorder that follows up with this. You know, when we bring a very rapid pace of awakening into a sick world, Mm -hmm. because the West is definitely sick. Yeah. It's the the operating system has viruses, right? And uh, Native Americans call this Watiko. Uh, in South America, we call it Panima. Mm-hmm. And psychedelics have been instrumental in, in, in helping to heal and cure that. But how do we listen? How do we really get the message? Which leads me to your next question. I find that there's a few different things that we can do to really optimize our lives. And this is very relative to the person. But there are ways for us to thrive every day. And as we thrive every day, there is still going to be third dimensional bullshit, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. We'll just call it that because it's never not going to happen. You're never going to live in a perfect world, at least not for a while, right? I don't know when 2027 has in in store for us Mm -hmm. and thereafter, But if we just simply take a few steps, and this comes into coaching, right? When when we're doing coaching, it's all about creating a game plan for your day. Mm -hmm. Not looking at your phone for the first hour of the day, that's a great start. Most people turn over, they grab their phone, they get on social media, they automatically go straight to dopamine. They automatically go straight to how many messages do I have? How many likes do I have? Let me scroll on this. I've got blue light shining in my eyes. I've got you know, my brain is on full blast immediately. Mm-hmm. We're designed to wake up slow. We're designed to go to bed slow. Mm-hmm. And so not looking at the phone for the first hour, having some sort of gratitude, affirmational practice where we connect with the energy of gratitude. We initiate the energy of gratitude at the beginning of the day. It's going to carry us through the third dimensional stuff that we may have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I am grateful for everything in my life. And then from that gratitude, we can use it to fuel our manifestations. We can use it to fuel creating our dream life. Yeah. From I am grateful for all my amazing friends, the opportunities that I have with my music because of Matt, right? (laughs) Now I'm going to translate that into I am so grateful that I'm playing at sold out festivals and everybody is receiving the music beautifully and the music is medicine. Mm -hmm. People feel healing as they listen to the music. When I connect with that vision, utilizing the gratitude for what's already there, filling it, that vision with gratitude, then we're starting to create this superconductor. We're starting to change the subconscious mind and beginning to really open up to the infinite amount of possibilities and and working with the universe, right? Calling that in. Mm -hmm. So I like to do gratitude and then uh, an affirmation practice and then my simple formula is breath, movement, and stillness. Mm-hmm. Some type of breath work, whether that's dynamic breath work, which is what myself and my colleagues and all my students do daily because it's such an awesome practice and it's constantly developing and growing. It's derived from Tumo breathing, Wim Hof breathing, movement, some type of yoga asana, some type of exercise, 
whether it's 15 minutes or an hour and a half, it doesn't matter. Just moving the body, connecting the breath and the body together mm-hmm. so that we're in the body. Right? We want to be in the body. And then stillness, just being still, just sitting yeah. with your breath for five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. super easy. And then you can develop this practice as much as you want. I have students that are like, hey, I did four hours of morning practice this morning. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. damn, I need to, who's teaching who right now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on my game. Um, I also love cold water. Yeah, Absolutely love cold water. The, the ice bath is something that's extraordinarily good for the body. It brings you into your body immediately. It is, it's the most potent medicine in my, per, my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel the cold water resetting my nervous system, jump-starting my system, boosting my immune system, tightening my skin, decreasing inflammation is incredible. Yeah. And also I've noticed it brings your mind back to your body really quick, instantly, because so much of the suffering that we go through is thinking about all these external people, external events, things out of our control and, you know, I've said this on my podcast before, when you're in the ice bath, you're not thinking about who the president is, right? Yeah, you're, you're trying to survive. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> whoa, you know? And then when you get yeah. out, you have this glow, you know? It lasts yeah. several hours where you're just like, it's really pretty out here today instead of all that <laughs> chatter, you know what I mean? Yeah, you feel good. Yeah, right? it, it is an instantaneous feel good. And it also helps you to flirt with discomfort. Mm-hmm. Because as, as human beings living in the West, we have this deep affection for comfort. We right. want comfort, 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 comfort. Right. And as a saying that goes, easy times create weak men. Hard times create strong men. Strong right. men create weak times. So we're going in this cycle. Yeah. Right? Right. And the 50s were a testament to strong men create easy times i believe Mm -hmm. and and we've entered into weak men create you know these really interesting times that we're in and so getting uncomfortable every day whether it's pushing your body to a new level in the gym outside in the ice bath in the sauna pushing your edge a little bit expanding your capacity will allow you to live a more fulfilling more abundant and more vital life it just will. But it takes that action to get there. And this is why having a coach is so important. I never thought that I would be a coach, right? I thought that I'd be a, a, a mystic wizard facilitator mm-hmm. my whole life. But this is, this is the practicality of it, is that the cold right. water, the breath, the movement, the stillness, the not looking at your phone first thing in the morning, the diet, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the diet because this is, this is everything. You know how many people I've seen who have drank an ayahuasca 50, 60, 70, 80 times, and they're just waiting for the next weekend. And at the center where they're drinking ayahuasca, there's donuts and hot dogs and, mm-hmm. and you know, grain-fed hamburgers and just all this food that's not serving their body. And it literally starts there. Right. It starts with breast milk, right? Mm-hmm. It starts with, with having a nutrient-dense diet that we're here to have. When we were hunting and gathering, we ate meat, berries, and honey. Mm-hmm. That's what we ate. Yeah. And what you- is your view on meat and dairy and stuff? Because a lot of people in the yogic circles 
try to mm-hmm. avoid meat, maybe even avoid dairy. Some yogis are in, are okay with dairy, but you know they they don't want to eat meat. Um, what, totally. What's your view on all of that? So I, I understand the meat thing. I do. And look, I grew up on a a very large hunting ranch. My dad raises white-tailed deer, and so I grew up hunting and eating meat constantly. Mm-hmm. And then I was also vegetarian for a while. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Bali and I was on my my mission in in Asia. I was eating primarily plant-based. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about listening to your body. A lot of people have allergies. Uh, they're allergic to dairy in some way. Uh, and a lot of the times it comes from the grain that they eat and the glyphosates within the grain. Mm-hmm. I personally, you know, my body doesn't agree a lot with dairy, even if it's grass-fed. So I typically try to keep dairy out of my diet. It also makes me kind of mucusy. So mm-hmm. when I'm breathing or singing, it, it's annoying. Right. And also a C-section baby, right? Also mm-hmm. had asthma my whole life. These things that I've had to cure, that these things that I've had to heal at the root. So I try not to activate and, and aggravate those old, old things in my body. Right. But dairy oftentimes is something to be avoid, avoided. And gluten is, is something that we should all really avoid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, it's people don't have celiacs. A lot, some people do, but most people do not. But they'll say that, yeah, I have celiacs or I have a gluten intolerance. What we typically have an intolerance to is glyphosates. Mm. So people that are not eating organic food, like I understand, I get it. Organic food is expensive, but organic food and, and the food that you eat is your insurance policy. Like that is yeah. your everything. Right. Right? You, we can go to the doctor and have health insurance and go get these medications to cover up all these issues that we're having. But at the end of the day, a lot of time at the very root, it's the food you eat. And so yeah. I, tons of my clients will tell me, yeah, I was, and, and many friends that I have, I was dying. I was 24 years old and I was dying. Yeah. They told me that I had cystic fibrosis. I had uh, ulcers on my uterus, that they were cancerous and all these different things, cysts on my uterus, I mean, and severe inflammation, arthritis. What's the one thing they do? They cut out gluten from their diet mm-hmm. and boom, just like that. What you're really cutting out is glyphosates and glyphosates disrupt the endocrine system, hormonal system, literally everything. And most people don't know about that. Your doctor will never tell you about that. Right. Likely, unless you have a holistic naturopathic doctor. School doesn't teach you about that. You're never going to be educated on that unless you educate yourself. So Dr. Zach Bush, I find to be one of the, one of the most important human beings on this earth at this time. And I can't wait for the day that I meet him because I love how that usually happens. Mm-hmm. Like you're like totally vibing with this person, what they're sharing next to, you know, you're in totally peers with them, which is amazing. It's like right now what's happening between us. Absolutely. And, um, because, you know, I, I admired you since, as soon as Donnie told me about Time Will. I'm like, this guy's awesome. And here we are. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> um, it, man. <laughs> and and he'll, he's the best at explaining this. So, check out Dr. Zach Bush. He lays it out really, really beautifully. And so, my view on it is listening to the body, being intuitive. Mm-hmm. If, an animal, if an animal is pasture-raised and they are humanely slaughtered, you know, I know there's vegans that are cringing super hard right now, but <laughs> if they're humanely slaughtered, I think that it's fine to eat. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. personally, from my, my own perspective, for me, I'm not saying that for anyone else. Growing up on a hunting ranch was very eye-opening for me mm-hmm. because, and I talk to vegetarians and vegans about this a lot, I'm not, I'm not arguing that hunting is good or bad. Mm-hmm. But when they say, it's so terrible that you would kill an animal. And my response to that is like, well, do you know how the animal is going to die otherwise? Right. No, no. Well, that animal is going to either lose its teeth and starve to death, or it's going to be gored by another animal, right? Mm-hmm. To take an ethical shot on an animal is by far the sweetest way for an animal mm-hmm. to pass on into its next life right? in the woods. I can right? say that. Right. I can say that versus like the starvation, you know, this like slow death over a week and you're just right. like oh the suffering you know i feel so for much. it versus like boom okay here i am in the next dimension you know like yep and then as long as you use the animal um mm-hmm. i can see that you know and and i do eat meat um not all the time i'd say i'm like you know 60 percent vegetarian 40 percent i'll eat meat and it's just kind of as i crave it mm-hmm. um but, but yeah, I, I have been a vegan in the past and, um, it has some interesting effects on the mind, um, mm-hmm. and the body and it is good for going into ceremony or trying yeah. to reach your deepest levels of meditation. And I just kind of think of it in the sense that the body isn't processing this kind of, um, denser data to process through the stomach, um, which meat is, you know, let's just say it takes more energy to digest Right. Um, you free up that energy for your meditation and that type of thing. Um, Fasting, but, you know, yeah. if you, if you want to go deep into meditation, just don't eat anything. Yeah. Eat some berries, right. Totally. And, or do a coconut fast. You'll be, you'll, you'll feel enlightened. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I used to have a coconut business and we would, we'd have leftover coconuts. And so we drink coconuts for days and do a fast and you are just buzzing off your freaking rocker. You know, you feel incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that we're, we're starting to understand now, right, is through bros like Liver King and Joe Salentino that there's a lot of plants that don't want to be eaten. Mm-hmm. And there are foods that are very, and Joe breaks this down really, really well. Uh, you know, there's this super bro element to it that that's, that's, that's cringeworthy for sure. <laughs> but these guys break it down well. And if we eat like our ancestors ate, mm-hmm. then ultimately we're, we're doing our body a favor, right? The honey, yeah. the fruit, the berries, the meat that's grass-fed and grass-finished, it's clean, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, if you can harvest it yourself, that's best. But if you're looking to accelerate your meditation practice, maybe steak's not the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to be strong, and capable in your body, right? And feel strength, feel speed, feel presence here. Mm-hmm. Then my my recommendation is usually prioritize protein in whatever way. Fill up with fats, right? If you're hungry, then either eat protein, avocados, um, sprouted nuts, you know, any type of fats, and then um, earn your carbs, earn your carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating pasta at night, if it's gluten-free, 
especially, then you want to be exercising some during the day so that those carbohydrates have something to do, right? right? It's like bringing somebody into a workspace and they have no job to do. They're just mm. going to hang around and that hanging around is going to become fat on the body. Nobody wants that. Right. So, and, and where are you with like calories? You know, is, should people think about calories or should they kind of just eat until so. they feel okay? You know, like what, what's yeah. your suggestion on that? I, I don't think people should think about calories. I think that from my experience eating, so before any of the breath work or plant medicine, I was a personal trainer mm-hmm. and I grew up basically going to a gym. So I have a lot of experience with athletes, training athletes, being an athlete myself. And then food was an instrumental part of that. Calories, I, I never focused on them. I was a bodybuilder, a mixed martial artist. I had to cut 25 pounds in, in a week at times. Never focused on calories. Mm-hmm. Always focused on the quality of the food that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think calories are kind of an old narrative. Like we don't have to count our calories and our carbs anymore. Eat the food that feels best for your body, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe dairy is what you need, raw dairy. And and that's not going to work for somebody like myself. Listen to your body and listen to what it tells you, right? Mm-hmm. Don't listen to liver king. Don't listen to, you know, uh, a vegan. Listen to your body because mm-hmm. nobody else has your body. Your body is very unique. This ecosystem inside those 50 trillion cells, nobody else has those 50 trillion cells. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with a very unique circumstance are a very unique ecosystem that needs its own unique formula, right? Mm-hmm. So just paying attention and with, with uh, protein powders, right? Let's say protein powders. I think plant-based protein powders are definitely the way not like whey protein isolate these things that are very processed, um, right. minimal processing, minimal packaging, minimal ingredients, and whole foods, right? Mm. Not the not the grocery store, but foods that are whole in themselves. If you can get a single ingredient food, that's eating a grass fed, grass finished steak is light years better for you than a soy wheat filled fake steak that you get in the vegan section. One hundred percent, all day. Totally. Yeah. So that kind of lays the groundwork for the food, which is a major pillar of living a healthy and. Yeah. Enlightened lifestyle, so to speak. Um, so, like, you had mentioned a handful of other things. Ice baths, you know, yoga, mm-hmm. meditation. Have you done any work with um, mantra or curtain? Uh, kirtan, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah, kirtan. And how do you feel about those and where do those kind of work for Man, you or, or not? Y- yeah, I... Um... So as a musician, <clears throat> you know, I've said, you know, a lot, sorry for anybody that doesn't know, um, <laughs> as a musician, I've, I've dabbled in Kirtan a lot. You know, we did it in Asia and it was beautiful and I love Kirtan and I facilitated it at, um, my retreats before, but I haven't integrated it into my daily practice. I think it's a wonderful daily practice. Mm-hmm. It's like, at times we might have to pick and choose what we, what we have in our daily practice. And Kirtan has been one that I haven't quite integrated yet, but I do do something with music every day, mm-hmm. whether that's recording content, whether that's uh, uh, creating and producing, getting ready for that next time we'll drop. Know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And uh, 
But Kirtan, I think I have a Shruti box right here. It's funny you say that. So it's a box you squeeze and it creates this beautiful single note or multi-note chord. Yeah. And just ah, vocal toning with that thing is so wonderful. And I, I definitely recommend it. I definitely recommend it for people to integrate that into a daily practice. If it's something that, especially if they're wanting to connect more with their voice, open up their throat chakra, be more expressive, right? For me, it's like, okay, I might need to like be a little less expressive. (laughs) I'm expressing all the time. And my personal practice is more to come into like myself. But I definitely recommend kirtan and and vocal expression for sure Mm -hmm. during the day. Yeah, I would say I recommend it for people who haven't found the enjoyment in sitting quiet yet, but Mm. know that they want to start going in that direction. Right. Because it's not quiet, it's music and it's singing, but it still does something to bring you into the now and time goes quick. Like, I started doing these um, 31 to 44 minute, you know, mantra meditations. You know, it's almost like kirtan um, where you're singing like a, you know, ancient, um, you know, usually a foreign language, which yeah. for me is either sa- Sanskrit or yeah. Punjabi. And you just kind of go somewhere. You kind of like wake up. 40 minutes later and you're like, whoa, it's over. What? You know, like that almost felt like 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, but it still has a meditative effect. I find like once I come sit up after that and walk around the house, I notice a different glow of my energy Oh yeah. of where my mind is and where it's not. And it just really locks me into the present moment. The day mm-hmm. really alleviates the worrying mind. Um, which I think, you know, we talked about social media earlier. I really think that's one of the, the negative parts of it is it seems to want to stimulate that worrying mind, kind of looking at the things you don't have versus being in the moment and, gra- and you know, full of gratitude for what you do have. Um, that's not a normal thing. That's a new thing to humanity. Um, and it's, you know, generating Instagram and Facebook and TikTok a lot of money to keep you kind of worrying because you either distract yourself further by staying on the platform to avoid, you know, doing the things in your life that more or less we know we need to do. Um, Or it makes you go down these rabbit holes and there's all this divisiveness and you have to kind of really curate your feed and bring boundaries into play to let social media be a positive thing, which is what I've done over the past you know six months a year where i'm just like i only want to look at content that makes me feel better or i don't want to look at it at all you know right right so i I do like how you say um for the first hour of your day just not checking the phone you know and it's it's a tricky one because even our, our alarm clock is on the phone but it's like just try to not dive in to the social platforms or your email or stuff like it makes me think you know, in the old days, like let's say the 50s, the 60s, like that'd be the equivalent of waking up and immediately going to your mailbox and, and opening up letters and like reading the letters. Is that really, yeah. you know, that's not reading natural. That's not normal, you know. So Yeah, looking at uh, the stock prices on the newspaper, right? <laughs> right. It's like as soon as you wake up, let me run to the mailbox right now and see see what's 
what the word is, you know, it's like, yeah, usually you go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, you know, get your, your clothing on, you know, like let it be like do things in order of what feels right and natural to our system. And yeah, that social media is is crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely. And and it's really about just having some morning routine, Mm -hmm. right? When we integrate into a routine, it's studies have definitely shown, and I've seen personally myself and and clients that it makes life way better. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that routine, breath, movement, stillness, some type of discomfort, and then reading, some type of reading, some type of journaling practice, connecting pen, pencil with paper in Mm -hmm. some way, reading an inspirational book, journaling about whatever it is you need to journal about in the artist way, which is this great book. It says, become a better artist you need to open a page and just write an entire page and it doesn't need to mean anything at all you're just kind of creatively almost skimming off the surface of your creative expression so that boom you're the essence of your creativity is there <clears throat> another thing that's really been instrumental in in the clients that i've worked with is coffee most people are drinking a piping hot cup of pesticides in the morning Mm. pesticides and herbicides coffee is the most heavily sprayed plant with pesticides herbicides roundup Mm. in the world and in the united states there's very few regulations on roundup and it is what is glyphosates are in the roundup roundup Mm -hmm. glyphosates same same Mm -hmm. so when you check out zach bush learn more about this i promise you you will be eating organic food and drinking organic coffee Mm. another part of the coffee that's real issue is the caffeine Mm-hmm. caffeine doesn't give you energy it just deters your body from recognizing that it's tired so you're turning off your internal alarm system that's there to show you that you might need rest mm-hmm. right to keep going keep going keep going next thing you know you wear yourself out you don't have enough hormetic stress in other parts of your day and your workouts and you have too much stress and the next thing you know you're sick yeah changing from you know use uh starbucks coffee or dunkin donuts coffee to organic decaf coffee game changer mm-hmm. i'm gonna plug mud water here because i love mud water mm, I have and some. right right totally and mm-hmm. it's it's a great product and they're not a sponsor for me at all but i've been really enjoying mud water because they take the issue of caffeine and they remove that they put a little bit of caffeine but it's full of adaptogenic mushrooms it's got, uh, yeah, mostly adaptogenic mushrooms, chai tea. Uh, cacao, I think. Have. Yeah, it also has cacao, exactly, which is theobromine, which is super heart opening. Mm-hmm. I used to just drink cacao in the morning, and we, we worked a lot with cacao. But the mud water has been amazing. And so these, these changes that someone can make into their day to become more embodied are very small. Yeah. They're literally, you're at the grocery store, there's this coffee, there's that coffee. Instead of grabbing this one like you always have, right? Because mm-hmm. it's familiar, grab this one. It's going to make mm-hmm. you feel better. Yeah. Right? I need to try just, that because I think coffee is one of the daily things for me that is, yeah. it's just like an automatic, like yep. that's, and it almost is my motivation to get out of bed. You know, it's like, I love, like, I, like when I get up, when I wake up, like within the first 10 minutes of waking I get excited for my cup of coffee. Right. And, you know, I've always looked at that as a good thing because some 
some people don't have anything to get excited about, even if it's just coffee that I get excited about. It gets me on that roll of excitement for the day, but I certainly think maybe it could be a, a healthier option like an organic coffee because I don't think I'm, I'm drinking organic coffee. Um, but I did want to ask, do you know anything about adrenal glands and, and coffee and caffeine? Because I've been hearing a little bit about that recently. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know enough about the adrenal glands to say, yes, I do. I do know about adrenal fatigue Yeah, that whenever we consume large amounts of caffeine, usually a cup of coffee has anywhere between 100, 200 milligrams of caffeine. Mm-hmm. And again, that caffeine is not clean caffeine. The difference between green coffee beans Mm -hmm. and roasted coffee beans and the energy that you feel when you drink it is insane. You feel so this clean, clean, clean energy from these green coffee beans. And then the roasted coffee beans, every single time I drink coffee, look, I love coffee. I love the smell of it. I love the vibe of it. I love going to a coffee house opening some nonfiction book and just diving into a Harry Potter, you know, with some coffee. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that we are totally addicted to <laughs> in the West. Mm-hmm. And, but every time I drink it, I crash, right? Mm-hmm. I crash. And it's, it's partially from the caffeine, right? We have a caffeine boost and then mm-hmm. it relaxes, right? Really the caffeine's just covering up the fact that we might be sleepy Mm-hmm. And then that goes away and oh, the sleepiness is still there. Right. But adrenal fatigue, over time when we drink a lot of coffee, we gain adrenal fatigue. And one really awesome way to avoid this is to drink organic. Because mm-hmm. if you're feeling a crash from coffee, it's caffeine, but it's also the glyphosates. Mm-hmm. Glyphosates. I swear the glyphosates are, are the Watiko of the modern world. They are just pretty much evil incarnate into our food to, to make us sick and make us reliant upon pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. which by the way, also create Roundup. <laughs> it's like, mm. it's all a big racket, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're doing a really great job, but this knowledge is understanding the, the understanding, the knowledge of this, being aware of this, having this wisdom is embodiment. Right. Is, is what I feel. It is the embodiment. It's know thyself. Mm-hmm. And knowing thyself includes knowing what you're putting in your body. 100%. Right? And I love ice cream and I love pizza. Trust me, I promise. <laughs> I love it just as much as you who are listening right now. But there are healthy alternatives to everything in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And no pizza can be that healthy, but they do a pretty good job. You can get a gluten-free <laughs> dairy free pizza. You can get a, an oat milk ice cream. And mm-hmm. you can get a fire coffee that has little caffeine in it and mm-hmm. is beautifully sourced, fair trade from the earth. It's organic. It's never been sprayed with the devil. Mm-hmm. There are ways to do it all. You know, to, right. to have all of the same creature comforts that we have, but to feel amazing. And this is something that people... They oftentimes, they're like, I don't know. I can't eat healthy. I, I like this food and that food. And I just don't know about this. Mm-hmm. People that are eating fast food every day, people that are people that are eating tons of salt and sugar mm-hmm. have almost demonized their taste buds, right? They've Their taste buds are totally a, on a train that's off the rails. Yeah. 
their body is totally off the rails. Of course, you want to eat all this sugar and salt and fat mm-hmm. because we are adapted as human beings to eat as much as that as we possibly can, mm-hmm. right? As we survive for hundreds of thousands of years. And now we've adapted to where, you know, we have McDonald's on every block. Mm-hmm. But when that person stops eating that and starts eating healthy food, all right, that still tastes good. When there's great sauces out there that are organic, that are healthy, you name it. They're like, I can't believe I was eating that shit for so long. Exactly. <laughs> Same. Yeah. And I remember I, I don't remember which episode I've talked about this before, but I remember, you know, there was a period after this awakening I had where I just really stopped, you know, indulging so much in, in, um, sugar, Mm -hmm. like sodas or candy. And I just, you know, I got the instant download. Oh, that's bad for me. I shouldn't do it. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. like that easy. But then, you know, later on down the line, three months or something after, having stopped, I tried, you know, a soda again. And I was literally like, whoa, this tastes terrible. Like way too much. How was I drinking this? You know, like how was this a normal thing? It's so it is about like kind of getting yourself off of something to, to realize what it is in a sense. So Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Absolutely. Um, That's beautiful. Okay. So we've, we've covered, you know, diet, meditation mantras um anything else you feel compelled to kind of mention as far as like bringing the spiritual dimension into the daily life before we kind of switched into music yeah i think that it's really important to understand that no matter how awakened or enlightened quote unquote that you become that the socrates quote this particular Socrates quote is very important. The only thing that I know is that I know nothing, Mm -hmm. right? Remaining humble Mm -hmm. and remaining in service as best as you possibly can to earth and to the world and to the collective. That is the gift that you're seeking, right? Mm -hmm. The service is the gift. And this is easy to forget. Yeah. This is easy to lose track of. There is not going to be, at least for a while, there's not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? We are going to continue to experience hardship here in the 3D. And it's all a lesson. It's all there to teach us. It's all there to guide us. It's all there to remind us of who we are, to walk us home. So as we encounter this hardship, as we transition into the new versions of ourselves, whether it be through plant medicine, meditation, breath work, yoga, cold plunge, diet, nutrition, or all the above. Stay present with it all. Mm -hmm. Celebrate the lows and celebrate the highs together, right? Mm -hmm. So that everything can be useful. Getting from life instead of through life is the key here. And it's hard, right? Expect Mm -hmm. hardship. But if you prepare yourself for that, if you prepare to celebrate it, it's so much easier. It's so much more useful. The essence of life is so much more sweet. And this comes back to our gratitude practice, right? Being grateful for all of it, every single bit of it. And remember to nurture yourself. Mm -hmm. No matter how much plant medicine you do, no matter how much yoga meditation you do, it starts at the core. Nurture yourself, love yourself, put healthy food in your body, 
take care of yourself, do things that you enjoy doing, and don't forget that you're here to live a life of excitement and happiness and joy and abundance, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that comes with that, but remember to celebrate life right. and live fully. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I felt like there's a little piece in there I want to dive into just a little bit yeah. about self-love um, because it, I do think that um, it's something a lot of people, if not the majority of people, struggle with. It's like yeah. they can look for love or give love everywhere else outside of themselves, but not to their own self. Right. Um, you know, they can have so much love for their parents, so much love for their spouse or their girlfriend or their boyfriend, um, their, their dog, their cat. You right. know, but themselves they forget in the me- in yeah. in the midst of all of that. And for me, it almost feels like you have to break yourself down into two parts, and it's almost like your soul has to give your identity love. Mm. And it's like it's like seeing yourself as two things rather than just like this constant one. And being able to say from your soul self to like your maybe your ego self, your ego identity, like, calm down, I love you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're to say it to one self, like seeing yourself as only one unit versus having a soul and having an ego. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like something that doesn't connect about it. It doesn't feel like something is telling something else a thing. It's just like. Right. Self-love, what is that? You know, it's it's kind mm-hmm. of confusing. But I find in those moments where I'm able to sit a little further back in in myself and then mm-hmm. see myself almost from a, what I guess you call it, a third-person perspective, mm-hmm. I can then love myself a little more. And psychedelics are great at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But doing it without them on a daily basis, basis even an hourly basis is really where i think that shift comes so what would you kind of say about self-love and how to be able to contextualize it and and make it a practical practice for for someone who's struggling with that you know yes so this opens up a whole a whole new can of worms here so i'd love to riff on this um self-love a lot of the times the lack of self-love comes from our past experiences Mm-hmm. whether they be traumatic or not so traumatic. And it reflects in our adulthood. And a lot of the times our loving others and doing things for others and, and giving to others is an avoidance pattern mm-hmm. for loving oneself and giving to oneself. Mm-hmm. I do this. <laughs> Guilty right here. Mm-hmm. Right? No, me too. Right? I, I, in, in learning to love myself has been a big part of my journey in just recent years. There's many ways to practice self-love. One being what I like to do is I like to take salt baths, mm-hmm. right? I like to take salt baths at night with a bath filter. Of course, you know, bathing in tap water is not the best, but <clears throat> taking salt baths and giving that time to read, just relax and read and connect. Mm-hmm. Also, the morning routine is a form of self-love. Evening routine is a form of self-love. Everything that we do for ourselves is a form of self-love, right? Is an expression of self-love, your diet. The nutrition, everything. Ceremony is a form of mm-hmm. self-love. Mm-hmm. And so while we may be avoiding loving oneself, there are ways to integrate these practices into your life 
of self-love, these self-love practices without even recognizing that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So I say, if you enjoy ice cream a lot, let yourself have some ice cream every now and then. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself. And this is coming back to what I was saying earlier. We're here to celebrate life. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's ways we have this incredible technology now and this incredible abundance to where we can celebrate life in a healthy way which is beautiful. And so holding that key of celebration, that, that, that intention of celebration of life is a beautiful way to practice self-love as well as knowing that you can let go of whatever part of life you're in right now. Obviously for some people, it's more challenging than others, people with families, et cetera, and set an intention for a great future and set an into and choose that you're going to live a better life with a better job or a better career or a better relationship, the universe will work with you to create that. I've mm-hmm. seen it so many times, you know, and just knowing that this is the ultimate form of self-love, right? Letting go of the old self and stepping into a new self. Mm-hmm. This is this is the ultimate expression of self-love. And so for people that are feeling stuck right now, I implore you to trust the process to remember to let go in this river of life. It's easy to swim up the river and say, no, this is the best part of the river. I know it. That's definitely the best part for sure. Mm-hmm. And you just stop swimming and resisting and float down the river right around that river bend is a whole new world, a whole yeah. new life, a whole new area for you to really sink your teeth into and enjoy. That's way better than where you were swimming, right? Yeah. And so practicing self-love is it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. What you put in your body and practices, right? Everything that you do, breathwork, yoga, meditation. And the ultimate form of self-love I find is trusting the flow of life mm-hmm. and choosing something better for yourself than where you are. Choosing yourself, right? And mm-hmm. your growth and your development, and your expansion. That's the ultimate expression of it. And I, I'd love to riff on... What you said when you sit back and you break yourself into two parts, this is what Michael Singer in Untethered Soul calls the roommate, mm-hmm. right? The ego. And I think it's important just to reflect on the ego really quickly because the ego, imagine the ego as your roommate, mm-hmm. right? It's your soul and your ego there. And your roommate has been for his whole life, for the past 30 years, he's 31, or let's just say he's 30 and six months old. <laughs> and for 30 of those years, 30 years of those 30 and six months, he has been totally afraid for his life. Mm-hmm. And it's been valid, right? People have been out to kill this dude <laughs> and take him away mm-hmm. and to take his health for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for the past six months is the only time period where he has been able, where he's been free of that. Right, he or she has been free of that. That's us. Mm-hmm. For two hundred fifty thousand or so years, we have had to be very cautious and aware and develop this alarm system that's telling us when our life is in danger. Mm-hmm. Whether that's an invading tribe, whether that's a saber tooth tiger, mm-hmm. the classic example, whether that's uh, illness and disease, you name it. Right, mm-hmm. and now for the past let's call it 300 years, we haven't 250, 300 years, we no longer have to worry about life-threatening 
issues mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Right? So it's going to take more than six months for that roommate to adjust to the new reality. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to take years. And that's us. So our ego, although we're battling with it constantly and we think of the ego as a separate self and we think of the ego as the self that doesn't serve us, the ego is a huge part of our existence as a human being and a human body, right? Mm-hmm. It is the, the number one tool for keeping us alive. So instead of getting angry at the ego, if anybody's having this dialogue, right, connection with their ego, I invite you to see your ego as someone who's been subjected to some really hard shit and a lot mm-hmm. of conditioning and take them under your arm and bring them into your sphere with love and show them, hey, it's okay. You don't have to worry about that. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I promise it's okay. Look at this. Look at what we're creating here. Look at this beautiful vision of what we're creating. Harmony. You never have to worry about dying again, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And psychedelics do that super well. They're, they're really good with that. But this is also a daily practice. If we're struggling with the ego, if we're struggling with fear, false evidence appearing real, then we can bring the ego in and share our collective vision with the ego. And that over time, the ego will say, wow, life is so much better. Instead of, damn it, ego, like, why are you always bothering me? Why are you always telling me that I can't be in these relationships that, because they're going to fail and this and that? The ego is going to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep you safe. I'm just trying to keep you safe, right? Just trying to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really important key as we embody ourselves more in this new paradigm that the ego is just trying to keep us safe and that it's there for a really important reason and that the tool of the ego, who knows what it's going to become once it is also shifted into awareness that it no longer has to be afraid of death. Mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i just thought that that was that was uh, an important thing that you shared yeah. and uh mm-hmm. something that has been really instrumental in my journey and when we share this at retreats people light up they're like yeah. oh i got it ego is not trying to kill me it's just trying to keep me alive <laughs> totally yeah it makes a lot of sense and it gives some type of compassion yeah. for what it's doing like that mental tick that goes off that wants to protect you from this that, or the other thing realize that yeah it's 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 trying to to save you from something and it's trying to do a good thing ultimately by telling you a bad thing and that's kind of a weird you know it's kind of a conundrum of almost paradox but it's bringing that deeper awareness in and, 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 and observing what it's doing and bringing compassion to that. And then maybe it'll settle down a little bit. The monkey will get off your back a little bit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just Addre- an important addre- thing. Addressing it with love instead of addressing it with, um, with anger, right? Exactly. Because it's yeah. also a reflection. It, it is you. Mm-hmm. Are we loving ourselves? Because that, that self-love, it's loving every part of ourselves. Even the parts that we don't necessarily like. Right. And that's not easy. Neither is a cold plunge, right? So, mm-hmm. the, this, the essence and the, the foundation of what we're sharing here is thriving in a human body on earth is not easy. Mm-hmm. But it is worth it. And it, it is possible. So. Absolutely. Great message. Great message. So, to kind of um, finish the podcast out, I did just want to discuss your music 
Um, you have several releases. I believe the first two were called Within. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How did you begin on this path of wanting to put music out? And what is your intention with um, Within and then your new single, Mama Kia? For sure. So been playing music live for a while, long time. And um, I always, you know, I recorded an album with a band a while back and then I dabbled in GarageBand and then Logic and I've been wanting to put music out and it's about finding, I love the way Donnie lays this out. It's about finding the sound of your soul. Mm-hmm. And Donnie really did that. You know, he had archetypes, I think it was in like 2016. And then, you know, he was, he, he wasn't really known at this point as a musician, not even close to where he is now. And then, and I'm not speaking for Donnie, but just watching his journey has been super inspiring for me mm-hmm. because in 2020 he releases solstice and then boom he's playing with armani he's playing for ffs i mean he he, he blew up mm-hmm. because he found the sound of the soul so right I, i'm on that same journey uh and it's cool to see donnie's like i'm seeing like two years into my future and holding that vision you know mm-hmm. and that's my intention right now is to bring all of my experiences the experience of my awakening and the experiences of everything that I'm sharing and everything I'm experiencing in my life in this new paradigm into music that makes you breathe, feel, relax, dance, and connect with that deeper part of yourself. And so within is the pilot song songs tracks of a meditation, sound healing, medicine journey Mm-hmm. music project right that's going to develop over time i have songs that have been finished for it but it's going to be the the part of my music that people plug in whether they're in a, a sauna ice bath they're on medicine it's designed to be healing and so every instrument every frequency in there is intended toward healing right whether it's voice flute um, even digital instruments it's all in the frequency of 432 which is eight cents below the traditional 440 concert tuning, okay. which we have found to be more harmonious. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a, it's, it's a little bit of a myth. There's a, there's a lot of debate about this. Mm-hmm. I think it feels better in my body. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. And so for, <clears throat> for the music within is really uh, that pilot project of the journey music. And then yeah. we have Mama Kia which was me really getting out of the way of myself and allowing for that song to really come through. And it did. And it was the intention of where within was the journey music. Mama Kia is the dance. It's, it is also a journey, but it's designed to make the body move, make one connect with all of the different elements of the song. And the song includes many different modalities really it includes many different um, voices and vocal expressions from all over the world whether it's gregorian chants fialshi european singers african chants as well as these different ethnic instruments as well Mm -hmm. and my intention is kind of to bring the world all together Mm -hmm. into music which savage has done beautifully but bring the world all together in music with the collective intention of prayer Mm-hmm. And then Mama Kia also has Don Francisco, doing the, who's a Wachumero in Ecuador, who serves Wachuma, San Pedro, 
which is uh, a plant medicine that consists of mescaline, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful medicine. And he's doing this opening prayer for ceremony. And so in my vision, as this, as I was getting out of my way and letting the song come through, uh, the what transpired was Don Francisco opening ceremony for the feminine. Yeah. Another thing that Zach Bush talks really beautifully about is is this um, I believe it's an Ecuadorian Ecuadorian tale or myth where the eagle or the condor is flying with one wing and it's the right wing and it's the masculine kind of patriarchal wing and it's just flying around in circles and as we change into this new paradigm the left wing opens and it flies straight it flies mm. direct and that left wing is the feminine. Mm-hmm. And so you've seen this this really in, incredible and sometimes toxic feminine empowerment, but the feminine is really this nurturing essence. It is this this loving, open, nurturing, connected, communal essence that that women naturally carry, which is why I, I love to be around women because I feel supported and nurtured, right? Mm-hmm. And something that we are adopting as men right? As we are the mountain and the woman is the storm around the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. The emotion, the, the, the power. Mm-hmm. We're also adopting this, this feminine essence of nurturing, of connection, of being able to look into another man's eyes, feel their heart, breathe with them. And for that to be okay, mm-hmm. for that to not be completely and totally unacceptable, right? To feel our emotions, and so Mamakia is the Quechuan moon goddess, and she really represents the feminine. And the, the Quechuan people are really fascinating. I have a teacher in Pisac, Peru, who is Quechuan. And the Quechuan are, they're basically the mountain people hmm. in Peru. And during the Spanish invasions, they fled so high into the mountains that the Spanish didn't even bother with them. They were so high in the Andes. And so they really carry the wisdom and traditions of the Incan people, Incan civilization. So they're the wisdom keepers, right? Mm -hmm. And this is who they pray to and they they connect with before ceremony. You know, Pachamama, many different uh, deities that they respect and worship and and, and invoke. But Mamakia is the one that really stood out to me. Because mm-hmm. she is the, the the essence of feminine, and so the song goes: Don Francisco opening this ceremony, and then boom! It's the celebration of life. It's this combination of the whole world coming together to play music together, basically, with the intention of prayer. And then at the end of it, you hear the Mama Kia. Uh, she it sounds mm-hmm. to me like her. The vocals, the expression of this European Fialshi singer, it just feels this essence of this feminine empowerment and celebration of the feminine. And then he closes out the song with the prayer. And I didn't expect it to be nine minutes long, but (laughs) no, it goes by quick. It's funny. It doesn't feel like nine minutes because you get so immersed in it. You know, it almost feels like three minutes because of how just it carries you. And it's like, it's over. Whoa. You know, maybe that's just (laughs) me. I'm a particularly like musical guy. Yeah, for sure. You are. But it never felt like it was dragging. It was like this, it's good from beginning to end. I love it. And I love how it kind of takes a minute to, to uh, fully come in. Yeah. You know, it's like the first two or three minutes you, you might think you know it, but no, it hasn't even started. It's like, boom, then it really pops in. So I love that. Um, And I love like at the end, how it crescendos with the synth line and 
It's like, mm. nah, 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 nah. It's like well, <laughs> let's go, you know. It's like, ah. yeah, it's the finale. Very cosmic. So, I'm understanding that maybe Mama Kia was like the muse mm-hmm. for this project. It's like you're taking inspiration from it. Mm-hmm. um from her and that's really cool because a lot of like these mantras that i do as well are using you know the muse of these particular deities you know um yeah shiva or ganesha or these types of things so it's a very mm-hmm. tried and true practice you know yeah absolutely and it's it, it is yeah it might have been mama kia who made the song right mm-hmm. and to celebrate the feminine and to, and to open up into that and i'm just i'm super grateful man for you and and your creation with Time Wheel and and taking me on. And now we have Akriza who's remixing the track now and connected with Zach, which is super exciting. Totally. Um, and everything is is just kind of falling into place. And it's it's been a practice, a labor of love and a listening to the heart. Mm-hmm. Right. What do we want to create? What do we want to share? Right. And how can we do it in a way where what we are sharing is good for the world? Mm-hmm. right it's not just like blah but right. it's it's channeled in a way that i know that even if somebody only listens to the first minute of the song and they say i'm not dancing yet right i know mm-hmm. that the prayer is still a resonant frequency that's going to be going into their ears into their brain into their body yes and then you know it takes patience in life Absolutely. And after that minute and a half of Don Francisco finishing that prayer, it's like, all right, now the song really begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm super stoked for uh, for Zach to do the remix. I think a, a nice, yeah. short, punchy version is going to be uh, really nice. And yeah. yeah, brother, super grateful for you, Matt, and everything that you've you've Likewise, provided man. me in my life. And uh, just so grateful for this connection. And yes, super excited to see where it goes. And yeah, man, I'm stoked. Me too, me too. Yes, thank you, brother. Thank you so much for your energy, your wisdom, everything you're bringing. Um, I feel very like in alignment with you and, and it does kind of feel like a sense of destiny that we would meet, you know, and Savage is known to induce that a lot in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the fact that he connected us, I'm just so so appreciative of him for, and I think he's he knew that we could do some good stuff together, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, keep it up. I look forward to attending one of your workshops sometime, um, uh, yeah. maybe hang in for a weekend and yeah, yeah, let's keep sending this music back and forth and, and, uh, serving the medicine to the people, man. Absolutely, bro. I'm super Absolutely. excited about it. And yeah, if, if, if anybody wants to learn more about kind of what we do with the workshops and retreats and stuff, connectandevolve.com mm-hmm. is the easiest way to do it. All the information is there. And then my music page on Instagram is at Ben Holt underscore music. And that's it. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, brother. Thank okay, you. Okay, guys, that has been Holt. I can't recommend his music enough. You can find it on timewell.net. It's also on all of the platforms, Spotify, yes. etc. So go jam it and we'll see you on the next episode. Blessings. Blessings. <laughs>